0: I want to talk this morning about forgiveness. Yeah. Really simple. We'll see. <laughs> We've been talking about following Jesus together. Yeah. We follow. We follow Jesus, and we get to do that together. Yes, it's very much a corporate thing we do. But when you're together with people, from time to time, you bump into each other. Yeah. Yeah. It probably never happens to you. It's just me. Yeah. I bump into people. You know, <clears throat> things don't run as smoothly as you'd hope they would do use Trevor's dancing analogy of a couple of weeks ago. As we dance together, we find we step on one another's toes or we even kick each other in the shins. So um, sometimes we need forgiveness. Ow, that really hurt. Um, That was a bit of my acting skill there, so a little bit more uh, would be okay. I want to read to you a couple of verses. Um, We'll put them on the screen. Um, First is from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And then Colossians chapter three and verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So that's it, that's my preaching finished. (laughs) Just forgive one another, it's that simple. Didn't say it was easy. And both these verses make it clear that we are to forgive because he has forgiven us. I think that Jesus knew that we were going to struggle with forgiveness or even remembering to forgive because when the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, and he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer, he said this, and this is the Matthew version, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. This is how we should pray. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Now, if you assume that this was supposed to be a daily prayer, After all, he did say, give us each day our daily bread. Then every day, he wanted us to remind ourselves, firstly, that he's forgiven us, but that we should forgive each other. I don't know about you, but I need that constant reminder. You know, forgiveness is in the very nature of God. He wants to forgive us. He wants to forgive each person in this room and he's made a way through Jesus Christ for that to be possible. And a lot of the songs we've sung this morning that Paul's chosen contain that message in the words. And yet, I think it's one of the most difficult things to actually do well. So I've actually brought this this morning. And if I was made of metal, I would be sticking it to my chest. I know I'll just... I just want to remind you that I am not an expert. Well, I'd remind you. Perhaps this is revelation to you. I'm not an expert on forgiveness. I know some things, and I'm really working hard on doing it well, but I'm just sharing with you things I feel the Holy Spirit's placed in my heart. I hope they're helpful to you as well. So when the disciples, Peter in particular, asked Jesus about uh, forgiveness, Jesus told a story, and we're going to read that story. Um, And you'll find it in Matthew chapter 18 and we're going to read from first, uh, verse 21. So Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Jesus carries on. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who, to decide, who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Let's say millions of pounds. Okay? He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Hmm. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a a few thousand dollars, a few thousand pounds. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. But his fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time, be patient with me and I will pay it he pleaded, but his creditor would not wait and had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wow. Well, Um, let's just look at one or two things in this uh, story, in this parable. I'm sure that when Peter came to Jesus and said, how many times should I forgive somebody who forgives sins against me? He thought he's been really super spiritual when he suggested seven times. I mean, seven is a pretty holy number, isn't it? And uh, the the culture of the day was, you know, get back what's owed you. So so to forgive seven times. But of course, Jesus says, no. In this version, it says 70 times 7. A lot of versions, it says 77. Whichever, I think we can be fairly clear, Jesus wasn't expecting us to go right. 75 times, I've forgiven you. 76 times, I've forgiven you, right? It's coming, it's coming. No, Jesus is talking about without limit. Forgiveness without limit. And I'm sure Peter felt quite crestfallen. But very challenged by what Jesus said. You see, the thing about forgiveness, as I said before, I think, it's a sign of the kingdom. When you forgive, you declare God's kingdom. In the small ways, in the big ways. It's what makes the kingdom of God stand out so amazingly. This whole idea of forgiveness. It's not just something we do, there's a whole theology to forgiveness. I mean it tells you something about God's very nature but I've only got 70 minutes so I'll bring it down to say this is the very nature of God himself and it's intensely practical. Just think of the size of the two debts in this story. There was no way that first man was going to be able to pay back the millions of pounds that he owed. No way. And yet he went out to exact a very small debt from somebody who owed him. And when we think about the debt we owe God, it's impossible, entirely impossible for us to pay that debt. And yet we struggle sometimes to release a fellow human being from something that they, we feel they owe us, where we need to give forgiveness. The comparison, you know, Jesus used the hyperbole, millions of pounds and... And, and not very much at all. And the whole thing about prison and torture is, I want to kind of skip over that. I, I don't, that's not how I see God. But what I do see is that Jesus wanted us to really pay attention to what he was saying. He wanted to make sure the disciples were listening. This is important stuff. But it's really tough. I mean, in the small things, you know, when somebody irritates you a bit, when somebody takes you a little bit, you can kind of you know, overlook that and forgive quite easily. But we know that forgiveness, sometimes it goes to the extreme of things, terrible things that people do. And the question is, are we supposed to forgive in those situations? And if we are supposed to forgive, actually what does that actually mean? And what doesn't it mean? I mean, I've got lots of questions. Does forgiving 77 times mean there are no consequences for the offender? Does unlimited forgiveness mean that when somebody hurts me, I must simply overlook it and forget it? Does it mean that I must tolerate and allow further wrongdoing or even abuse? Well, what is Jesus saying in this passage? We need to look at it in the context of what came just before. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 18 and this time read from verse 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offence. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she, won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And for me, that verse 18 that I've just read there has to do with uh, kind of a legal statement, a justice of what has been decided by the church it's in the context of the verses that have just gone before and this is not somebody's good idea this is Jesus's teaching this is what he tells us we should do we should actually talk to the person that has offended us and that there's a kind of a progressive way in which we deal with the situation So verse 15 was about talking, engaging. Um, verse 16 was taking another person with you. So we're taking it seriously. And of course, the advantage of another person is it gives you the opportunity to think, am I actually overreacting a bit? By the way, when you take another person, don't just take the person who's going to completely agree with everything you say. You know, you're not trying to gang up on another person. You are trying to take somebody who is objectively Going to help you deal with that situation. Now you might be thinking, "This is a bit overreaction, isn't it?" They don't need this all the time. No, you don't need this all the time. Sometimes you can overlook an offence. I spoke on resolving conflict back in January, I think. And if you listen to that, I explained there there are sometimes we just choose to overlook the offence. But when there is something, when you know that you can't just release it, you can't. You know, there's something that needs to be discussed. You know, there is a way to deal with it, and that's what Jesus is telling us about here. Uh, take it to the church probably would mean talk to somebody in leadership in the first instance. If you really can't work it out with a few of you and it's, it's an issue that can't be overlooked, then don't, you know, there are ways to deal with it, I suppose is what I'm saying. And so when we talk about forgiveness, it's important to read it in the context of this passage as well about dealing with conflict. So here are some of my questions does unlimited forgiveness mean that when someone hurts me, I must simply overlook it and ignore it? Well, no. What's the very first thing is said in verse 15? What's the first thing we do if somebody has offended us? We go and talk to them. Talk. Communication is so important. I mean, let's face it. If somebody's treated me in this way, maybe they're treating other people in this way as well. And so at least the conversation would be wise. Does forgiveness mean tolerating and allowing further wrongdoing? Or even abuse. Does it mean me putting myself in harm's way? Absolutely not. Certainly not. I mean after the first conversation with this person. Am I ever with this person alone again? According to this passage I take somebody else with me. I'm always with somebody else. Until the whole thing is sorted out. I know I'm talking about extreme situations. But it's important that we understand what forgiveness is. And what it isn't. Statistics tell us that in this country, in the year leading up to 2019, in England and Wales, 7.5% of women and 3.8% of men experience domestic abuse. Don't stay in that situation. Forgiveness does not say mean putting yourself at risk. You must do something about it. Jesus does not tell us to suffer in silence. Get safe. Does forgiveness mean that the offender escapes any consequences? This is tricky. (laughs) This is tricky because sometimes Jesus asks us to forgive and to allow that person, you know, forgiveness. One of the things that means forgiveness is to release from debt. You know, a debt that's owed is forgiven. And so sometimes Jesus requires that of us, that we release somebody from the consequences of what they've done. But there are some times when it would be irresponsible for us to release somebody from the consequences of what they've done. Obviously in the more extreme examples, but certainly in situations of violence or abuse, there must be consequences, and actually they're laws of the land that we have to follow when it comes to safeguarding. Obviously wisdom is required. And Firstly, ask for it. God promises wisdom to those who ask, but also ask somebody else for help if you're unsure of what to do in a situation. Is forgiveness the same as reconciliation? Well, is it my responsibility in a dispute to make sure that reconciliation happens? Or, well, to my understanding, reconciliation needs cooperation. It takes two people to reconcile, And I cannot be responsible for somebody else's response. Don't take on that burden. Be prepared for reconciliation yourself, but don't assume that you have to make that happen. Yeah, Jesus is telling us to forgive. He's not telling us to ensure that reconciliation happens. Reconciliation takes time and it takes work. Those dancing injuries might take time to heal. And in some situations, the offender is no longer around. It might be a long-standing issue that you're looking to forgive somebody for. Or they may refuse to talk to you or certainly not cooperate in reconciliation. And we have to face it with some situations, things might never go back to the way they were before. But the point is this, be ready to reconcile. Don't take on board yourself making somebody else do it. You can't do it. So, sorry, I'm saying a lot of things about what forgiveness isn't. It isn't, doesn't mean that when somebody hurts you, you simply have to overlook it and ignore it. It doesn't mean that you tolerate any further wrongdoing or abuse. It does not mean putting yourself in harm's way. It doesn't necessarily mean that the offender escapes consequences, and it's not the same as reconciliation. So what is it then? What is it? Well, let's look at this parable again. Jesus is making it clear The first thing that forgiveness is is giving up the right to retaliate the king had every right in that legal system to sell this family into servitude effectively sell them into slavery so they would work until they'd worked enough to pay off the debt it's a bit like offering to wash up the dishes when you forgot to take your money to pay for the meal at the restaurant (laughs) you'd wash as many dishes as they say until you've covered the debt it's that kind of thing really and so he, the king had every right. But because the man begged for mercy, he decided to forgive the debt. Many years ago, when we were first married, Sonia's parents gave us a loan. I think it was probably we'd moved house or something. We were really short of money. So they loaned us some money, which was really helpful, enabled us to do something, uh, do stuff. But some, probably a couple of years later, Sonia's dad wrote us a letter in which he forgave us the debt. In other words, he was saying, you no longer have to pay back that money. He actually gave us a letter with it, written in. He was probably something to do with inheritance tax. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like, fantastic, yes. And that's what forgiveness means. It's something that's owed to you that suddenly somebody's saying, it's okay, you don't need to pay that back anymore. And it's an amazing thing. And yet the servant wasn't willing to forget, forgive a much smaller debt that was owed him. What is forgiveness? Well, another thing that forgiveness is involves us remembering what God has done for us. We couldn't possibly have paid back the debt that we owe him. In comparison, anything that anybody owes me is minuscule. He had to pay the price for us because it was We're human, and we we couldn't pay back, and we need to remember that the person that has offended us or that owes us something, they are human too, and they, like me, are frail. They have their, you know, faults, and we just need to remind ourselves sometimes when that exact kind of thing going on is that, well, maybe they're struggling too, and start to try and remember the humanity. Of it all. Somebody recently shared a Brene Brown quote, which I find really helpful in terms of a kind of an attitude towards this. The quote is All I know is that my life is better when I assume that people are doing their best. I think there was some real wisdom in that. It's a good place to start, isn't it? To assume that people are trying to do their best for us. So it's remembering God's goodness towards us. And then the third thing I want to mention is just going back to. The Matthew eighteen thirty-five. Perhaps you could put that up, Phoebe, please. Um, We did read it earlier, and oh, sorry. The the next word. Oh, it's probably just not on. It's off the bottom of the screen, isn't it? Can you go one bit down? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay you can't see the bit I want to drink your attention it's just about forgiving from your heart you can leave the word heart on if you like Phoebe that's that's probably the best bit it's forgiving from your heart Uh, I didn't anticipate that did I Um, just to explain when we think of the heart we tend to think of emotions Um, but in Jesus' time uh, they used to think of the emotions being centered in the gut really and the heart was the center of your thoughts and your mind, and your thinking, whereas we tend to think of the brain, don't we? So when Jesus is talking about from your heart, yeah, it does involve emotions, but if you were starting from your emotions, how many people know you might never forgive anybody ever again? Because your emotions, I know that if I've been offended, it's not my emotions that are telling me to forgive. I wish I was that mature. I'm not. It's my head that's saying I make a choice forgive. So when Jesus says forgive from your heart he's saying make a decision of the will if you like. It's the choice that we make. I mean feelings can come a distant second in this race to our minds and our choices. Feelings will catch up or can catch up. I'm not saying they always do but feelings can catch up especially with some of the smaller spats that we might have. I'm thinking of, no I won't say anything. (laughs) I'll think it, I won't say it. Um, so it's that sense of forgiving with everything we have, if we possibly can. It's not just—it's a words formula. It is actually properly forgiving and we start by making a decision to do it and then trusting that our emotions, with God's help, can follow on afterwards. Okay, so just to, to, to tie it together, we're, we're trying to follow Jesus together. It's really important that we follow together and follow Jesus together. But when we do that, we, we sometimes bump into each other. And that therefore, Jesus' teaching here about forgiveness is really important, but challenging. Uh, it doesn't mean we have to tolerate um, certain behaviours, but it does mean we act with compassion with the decision of the will to love rather than to hate. There are a whole range, a spectrum of situations where we might need to um, give forgiveness. I mean, going back to Trev's dancing analogy again. Have we just got a bit of a bruise? You know, or are we walking with it just maybe a little limp? Or are we in bed with our leg in plaster? You know, there's a big range, isn't there? There's a big difference. Was our dancing partner a bit clumsy? Or did they really kick us hard on purpose? <laughs> What's going on? Should we forgive? Well, Strongly recommended. God is going to forgive us. It seems the same measure to we give forgive others. It's, it's like I say, when you come to theology of it, it's like what, what's, you know, is it forgive conditional forgiveness? What is it? It's Above my head, above my pay grade. All I know is God says forgive, as you've been forgiven, and I will forgive you as you forgive others. Should I forget? You often hear this: forgive and forget. Well, I don't think forgive and forget is a big biblical phrase. Sometimes we mustn't forget, mainly because we need to be sure that where um, corrective action needs to take place in some of the extreme cases, it does. But, and so we can, sorry, we can look at Jesus' teaching on confronta- confronting one another and dealing with conflict. There is and can be accountability as well. Are you stuck? Oh, sorry, I'm supposed to make things clearer and not make things more complicated. I just do want to remind you of my L plate because this is something we never stop learning. We just have to keep going and asking God for help. Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus to make a way for us to receive your forgiveness. And uh, there's a sense in which when we bow the knee to you, when we come to you and make you Lord of our lives, that you do forgive everything. And yet on the journey, Lord, we experience you forgiving us day by day. Please help us, Lord, as we learn and struggle sometimes to forgive those who have sinned against us. Please help us, Lord, to see the big picture and to recognize that this is a mark of your kingdom, that we can learn to both receive your forgiveness and extend forgiveness to those around us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Thank you.